Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. Welcome to The Flex. I'm your host, Ryan Watson. This is our debut episode, which you can only find on Broadway Sports at broadwaysportsmedia.com, where for a limited time, you can get an all-access membership for $5 a month or life, which will end on July 26th. Hurry up and check out that deal. On that website, you'll not only get our podcast, which you already love, but there will be other podcasts like Football and Other F-Words, Coach's Corner, Home Run Throwback, Second and Victory, and the Music City Audible. We will also have film breakdown with players and articles written by your favorites like John Glennon and Mike Herndon. Find out more at broadwaysportsmedia.com. That's a freaking commercial. Can I use that audio in the hype video? (laughs) (laughs) You sure can. Um, Perfect. So like I said, Broadway Sports Media, broadwaysportsmedia.com, we're going to cover the local national sports scene. And I thought with the fantasy uh, flex, the very first episode, why not spend some time analyzing the Titans players, what to expect from this year, where maybe you can pick them up in the draft, some, some expectations around that. And want to get the local guys here, our fantasy experts, Zach, JG Greenlaw. Thank y'all for joining me. Get your thoughts on some of these guys and, and we'll start um, with the quarterback, the position, the most important, probably the, the one that makes it go, definitely the one that made the spark last year for the Titans. Zach, what's uh, some thoughts on Ryan Tannehill when it comes to fantasy outlook? Well, thank you for having us on. Um, so we, I think Ryan Tannehill is getting crapped on by the fantasy community and those drafting. Because let me say, I go to fantasypros.com to constantly look at uh, average draft positions and all this stuff. So they take a couple of different sites, including ESPN, NFL.com, all the fantasy sites, and put them all in there, right? So the draft's going on, I guess, for the summer, We even though that we don't really have a lot of, a lot of going on. Ryan Tannehill's currently QB 17 and going in the late 10th round. Now that's, you know, in my opinion, that's still, that's probably the sweet spot for a quarterback if you're not Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, or Russell Wilson. But let me tell you who's going higher than him. Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Daniel fucking Jones is going higher than Ryan Tannehill. Daniel Jones, are you kidding me, America? You you guys need to get a grip out there. Ryan Tannehill is easily, probably, most definitely going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Now, according to... fantasypros.com he apparently has the 28th hardest fantasy schedule but if you go to warrensharp.com because that's really or sharp football stats 28th hardest or 28th easiest 28th hardest is what they said that would be fourth easiest no what no he's he's, he's saying that of all the quarterbacks he's going to be ranking 21 or 28 how hard his time is going to get fantasy points yeah it's the 28th hardest schedule so that sounds like the fourth easiest. Yeah, schedule. that sounds like fourth easiest to me. Well, I would say the fourth maybe easiest. My idiot bra- maybe my idiot brain is understanding. It's the 28th easiest. It's the 28th difficulty. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's no. I he's gonna have a tough time, according to experts. It's the fourth hardest. Yes, it's not the hardest. It's no. not the second hardest. <laughs> it's it's they say it's the twenty eighth hardest. Which the higher the number, the harder it is, is what they say. No, on their website, I'm telling you well, what it says right here on their website. Then that is stupid. Whoever wrote that is an idiot. <laughs> and let me say this: is that when I go to Sharp Football and tell you that they have the fourth easiest uh, schedule, it's actually the easiest schedule, fourth from the top. Right. So which why is wouldn't what, he, right? Why wouldn't he all of a sudden have that same easy schedule to play quarterback in? Well, I don't know. I I I think that ADP uh, fantasy pros is wrong. Yeah. I'm saying that he has one of the easiest schedules according to SharpFootballStats.com. Yeah, and according to Pro, pro No, pro. they Pro Fantasy Pros has him as a, as he's in the red. I love that this is our first argument on this podcast. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. So <laughs> pure semantics. Fantasy Pros <laughs> has him in the freaking red. Red is bad. Green is good. He is red. And it says 28th hardest. That is what they wrote. All right. If well, you have idiots. an issue, take it up with them. I'm going to send them a note. But it's you guys red. are dumb. What does this even mean? Red and hard. Oh. It's red and hard over at Fantasy Football for, on Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's red and hard. So anyway, now that you got that as a clip, <laughs> I would say that they're totally wrong in their schedule. Their, Looking at the schedule, I think Ryan Tannehill has a very easy schedule when it comes to all this. I think the biggest thing, though, is that their strength of schedule is so good that you're going to see another run-heavy Derrick Henry offense, and you have to hope for those few you know, big plays that are bound to happen anyway. But I still think he's going to be a QB1 instead of this fringe QB2 that they have him at. JG, what are your thoughts on? Do you think that that he's going to be worth a starter draft pick for a team for in fantasy? Well, if we look at last year, if you look at just average points per game, he finished one, two, three, four, five, six, QB seven, nine. eight, nine, tenth on ESPN, um, PPR scoring, ninth on wherever you're looking green law. But fantasy um, pros, the same thing this, Zach said was wrong. So who knows if that's even accurate? So this average includes week one against Cleveland, which if you watch that game, you'd be like, Ryan Tannehill played week one against Cleveland. He took the kneel downs. So he actually got negative 0.2 points for week one. And then week six at Denver, which he came in cold in the middle of the second half and just tried to do something for a team that was doing nothing that day. So two games combined for 4.3 points. And his uh, average is still 10th best in the league or ninth best in the league, depending on what scoring system you're looking at. So... That tells me that there's only room for growth here. Now, your concerns with Tannehill would be passing volume. Can he maintain the insane, if insanely efficient production that he had last year? But I think that even if you see a regression in those areas, just factoring in another year in the offense, which this is the West Coast offense that apparently takes a really long time to master, another year with Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, who we didn't really have a lot of time to get to know last year, especially with you know Corey Davis. A.J. Brown was running with the second team more, so Tannehill got more practice with him, but... You know, Corey Davis, they never really were on the same page a lot last year, and maybe that dates back to not having hardly any practice time together before Tannehill became the starter. So I think that just all those factors, you know, adding an explosive playmaker like Darrington Evans, who's not going to get a whole lot of touches, but he could take a screen to the house two or three times this year, and that's, you know, that's more fantasy points for the quarterback. So I think that if you're a Titans fan and you're playing in a league that doesn't have a bunch of Titans fans, 
Brian Tannehill is not going to be drafted very high. You could wait a long time and secure a pretty solid quarterback who's going to do, I think, who's going to be definitely a QB1 as far as if you're looking at you know a top 12 quarterback this year. So what you're saying is, is playing play to some of those national biases that people may have about Tannehill and, and scoop up a high-value guy later in the draft that could really do well for you and you can focus on other positions earlier on that could add more value for that spot and not have to go chase one of the top quarterbacks is what you're saying. Right. And maybe you want to have a roster where you feel really safe and secure. So you reach for Patrick Mahomes or something, which I mean, that might be a good strategy this year. Cause I think the chiefs offense, if you look at Mahomes, like last year was a down year in quote air quotes down year, like, and he had a great year. He only threw what 20 something, 26 or 27 touchdowns, I think. So, yeah. I mean, injuries are a weird thing. And that's why I don't want to judge too much about Tannehill in his Miami days. Cause I don't know if he was ever hundred percent healthy his entire time down there, but since 2014, I don't think he finished any, any higher than 17th among quarterbacks his last six seasons down there. So it's kind of one of those things of which Tannehill you're going to get. Are you going to get this one who obviously sparked in, is it a one hit wonder Greenlaw? What, what do you think? Do you think he's going to improve on that? Do you think that he's going to improve on his quarterback rating, which I'm not sure that was a career high at 117.5. Just what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat the quarterback rating, but from a fantasy perspective, he's a guy I'm definitely going to be looking at, especially where he's being drafted right now. It's pretty low risk. Decent reward. Uh, you're looking at a QB1, QB9, even though he's going to get those kneel downs that JG said docked him a little bit because the Titans are going to win so many games this year. But you you look at him, and he was QB9 by average, and I they rank him as QB16 this year. I The offense last year proved that you can have – high volume or you can have production out of the passing game and the running game simultaneously like it's not a if it's derrick henry takes over then the the passing offense is going to drop off both of them can coexist and so because of that i'm really not worried about him especially where he's being drafted because you know if if he does regress a little bit then i can just lean back on a on a streaming quarterback Okay. Final thoughts real quick on Tannehill before we move on. Uh, what, which round should you start picking up yours if you're, if you're targeting Tannehill, uh, Zach? I would say if you don't have a quarterback and with the way that it's shaping up right now, JG said definitely make sure that you're in a league with non-Titans fans. <laughs> I'd say about 10 or 11, 10 to 12 would be where he's going. And hell, if people are going to sleep on him, let just wait. Yeah, and if you are with a bunch of Titans fans, then get ready for him to be both off the board at the second round. He's not worth it if you're in a league with a bunch of Titans fans, <laughs> unless they're smart fantasy football players and they don't draft a quarterback early. But, I mean, he, he's going on the fantasy football calculator website, which does a, their own ADP. I don't know what it's calculated from, but they have him at 12, 12th round, 8th pick, the 20th quarterback being drafted. So if you're in their 12th round and you don't have a quarterback yet, I mean, Tannehill's a steal at that point. Like, if you're in a 10-team league, the 20th quarterback is the is means every team has two quarterbacks and most teams most leagues maybe some guys are going to draft two quarterbacks but not every team so i feel like at that point if every team has two quarterbacks you're the only team that doesn't have two quarterbacks if you don't even have one like you could keep waiting even longer you obviously have to play the draft board you know if like roethlisberger and garoppolo and goff and brady which are the four quarterbacks going ahead of him according to this adp list like maybe you can wait maybe somebody's wants to take a shot on Brady in Tampa Bay. Maybe somebody wants to take a shot on the golf bounce back. Maybe somebody wants the Garoppolo Shanahan thing. Ben Roethlisberger 
if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, he could be a fantasy steal too. But that's the thing about quarterback in general is like there's so many freaking quarterbacks that are going to put up points that why Cam would Newton you take just got one? Bumped, and probably in national view, Cam Newton just got bumped above him based on what's happened here recently with signing with the Patriots. So, that's right. so, so I agree with you. You could possibly wait if he is a target of yours, and I think you would be rewarded. I agree with all. But let's go switch gears. And Greenlaw touched on, on this gentleman just a little bit. And let's go to the crown jewel of the Titans offense, and that's the running back position, especially when you have a monster and King Henry running the ball for you. He's going to get the totes. He's going to get the yards, especially if you stick with him through games. My Real quick, my favorite thing was a friend of ours who was debating last year against the ja- one of the Jaguar games, uh, the Jag- the big one, where they, the 99-yard run, uh, and not last year, two years ago, he said, should I start Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram for that week? We, we both, uh, the two on the other end of the text message said Derrick Henry, and for every single Big run and touchdown. We were screaming at this guy because he did not start Derrick Henry and lost his fantasy football matchup that week because of it. I have a great story about that. Derrick Henry is going to be highly coveted. I think he's sixth overall, according to some. So, so Green, I'll start you this time since you kind of brought uh, Derrick Henry up a little bit. What are you looking for there? Is he a guy you're targeting with that first round? And if he, if you don't, he's not going to be there? Yeah, absolutely. He's going as, you know, running back six uh, on fantasy pros. And he's just a guy that you're going to be able to put him in your lineup every single week. And he's going to get, you know, 20, 25 touches every week. He's one of the safer players I think there is. And, you know, he's such an elite athlete. He's got elite production. I, I, I don't see really many downfalls with him. So if I'm in the mid first round, even early first round, I'm, I'm taking him there. I had to, uh, not much else to add to that because I think you're spot on there. Uh, JJ, you said you had a story real quick about him. So what's that? Man, I wish I could find what I did. So I traded for Derrick Henry in 2018. And if you remember 2018, you know, like Derrick Henry was not a big fantasy producer at all, really, until that Jacksonville game. Right. And I, I traded for him so early in the season. And I traded somebody good. I wish I could, like, I'm looking at it right now and the, the transaction history is gone sucks they used to show it for the history but anyway so this this game was the jacksonville game was week 14 which was playoff round one now as i mentioned before i had the best team in the league i always had the best team in the league and i was losing and uh (laughs) guys i traded for derrick henry so early in the year and i wasn't really able to use him because he wasn't good yet and i was like it's not december yet it's not december yet you guys are all gonna see i traded for derrick henry this was definitely the right move well after a few weeks of that, and he still hadn't really popped yet, I was like still waiting for it. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play Derrick Henry on Thursday Night Football against Jacksonville. And if I had done that, I would have won the playoffs. And if I'd won that playoff game in Week 14, I had the points to win in Week 15 and Week 16. I would have won the freaking championship. That trade would have been the most genius trade in the whole world because everyone ridiculed me when it went down. Why would you trade? It was like somebody good. I wish I could remember. For, for Derrick Henry and the one week that it would have like been worth it. And I literally would have won the championship. I left him on my bench, and I did not play Derrick Henry. And that was really tragic. In my opinion, that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me, guys, ask you this, because Dalvin Cook is currently going one spot ahead of Derrick Henry. Is that crazy to anybody else? Yeah, especially with the holdout. Yeah, with the holdout, absolutely. I'm going to take the guy who has, there hasn't even been a whiff of him saying he's going to hold out. Plus, a deal is going to get done by July 15th, right, Zach? Yeah, right next to my birthday. Yep, gonna happen. You've been calling it. You'll get all the credit for that because I think you've been you've been championing that for seventeen years. 
So Zach, well, let me go to you next because I don't think there's much more. And you can add anything about Derrick Henry you would like to. I'm not trying to cut you off from your Derrick Henry knowledge, but I think we've said, I mean, he's going to go early. He's going to be high expectation when we get in there. He's going to be a big focal point of this offense. But I also, and you're in, in this little bit, I want to get, since he's a, a darling draft pick to you, I want to get your thoughts on Darrington Evans, at least as a handcuff or what you could maybe expect in fantasy, maybe look at from waiver wire. I know all that, but just give us some something to look forward to from him as well. Well, you should be able to go to the broadwaysportsmedia.com and go and click on the fourth down decision. It's my weekly column uh, that I'll be writing for uh, broadwaysportsmedia.com, getting back into the writing game here. And the fourth down decision is where I tell you, you punt on something or you go for it. So punting is bad. Go for it is good. Punting is red hard. Go for it is green good. Green soft, green good. <laughs> anyway. Easy. The opposite of hard is easy. So, in one of my go forwards is pass catching running backs that may have a secondary role. Darrington Evans is going in the 15th round currently. And basically, at that point, you're looking for depth. And to me, he provides great depth, but he also provides great insurance. Yes, Derrick Henry is a beast and a workhorse, but that could also lead to injuries and tearing down. I think with the, what what they wanted in Deion Lewis, they're going to get in Darrington Evans. And that's a third down running back who looks like Deion Lewis, but runs like Derrick Henry. And I think he's definitely a draft and stash and can probably down the line be a viable flex option, especially in PPR formats. And I think he's someone that will outperform the 15th round. And definitely, I think that if things do not get done with Derrick Henry, you have a guy that they believe can be a featured back. Yeah, uh, my bad on that cue there. I definitely look for him in the flex. <laughs> so at App State, I, I got to say, I was impressed with the numbers. Uh, Amy ran at a 4.4140. 1,400 rushing yards, 2,000 all-purpose with 24 touchdowns. He was a huge part of that offense. He's going to be – and I, I, what impressed me the most when you brought out all the highlights, uh, Zach, to give you credit here and, and went through it right after the draft was, I loved – and this thing about, about rookie running backs when they're coming in and if they're going to see a lot of the playing time, especially at third down role, is can they also pass block? I know that doesn't relate to anything fantasy value, but you have to be on the field to add fantasy value. And if this guy blocks like I saw because he's a willing blocker, he had great technique, and he hit like someone who was six foot four, 300 pounds – in a five foot ten frame, and with all those things carry over, and he can he, he can man up in the pass protection and do his do his job and, and and contribute there. He'll be on the field for the screen passes for for the big hitter. So it could be someone you look at late if you need a handcuff or if you need something there too. So he'll be on the field getting those reps if you need it on at, at any point in time in the season. And he can also line up out at wide receiver in the oh, slot sure. or even outside too. So he's someone that they they can move around and he can even be on the field at the same time as Derrick Henry to really, you know, confuse um, defenses and stuff. It's, it's someone that in the 15th round, if he's there, I'm probably going to draft every, every time. Yeah. And especially with, if you get another lackluster year out of Adam Humphreys. So could be some uh, shake up there in the wide receiver just to add some spice to that lineup. Speaking of wide receivers, going on to our next position group, we all know the the one to look for there is A.J. Brown. He's actually going, I think he's ranked around the top 15 uh, of all receivers. Uh, people may, may or may not be sleeping on him, thinking the second year, you know, slump might happen to him. But Greenlaw, 
what are your expectations from there? Is he going to be the receiver to lead the Titans attack? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that in a, as a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to be a high wide receiver two type guy. Um, I think his rapport with Tannehill was really, really good this past season. And even in limited time, I know JG said that they both spent time with the twos to begin the season, but they, they were both really sharp and with an, with another off season, I just continue, would imagine that would continue to grow. So let me ask you this, uh, JG, any expectations for Corey Davis or are you looking for AJ Brown and nothing else? I think I might be higher on Corey Davis from a fantasy perspective than most of the fantasy community. I, I've listened to some, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts too. And I heard two very different takes, one from the Ringer NFL fantasy pod and one from the Roto World fantasy pod with uh, Josh Norris and his team. And I can't remember which one's which, but one of them loves A.J. Brown. They love the value that he could bring and his explosive ability and like no receiver has ever had over a thousand yards with his average yards per catch since they started tracking it. And like those efficiency stats are insane, his ability to break tackles and make big plays. I think he could end up being a pretty solid fantasy player. But the other side of that coin is his volume. The Titans are not a high passing volume offense. So A.J. Brown's not going to get as many targets as, you know, I mean, someone like Michael Thomas is getting millions of targets. He's never going to touch that range in terms of his opportunity workload. And I think that because he had such a, an electric year that he might be a little bit overdrafted, especially if you're in a league with Titans fans. He's definitely going to get overdrafted in that situation. So I think that Corey Davis gives you a pretty good bargain in terms of being able to buy into this passing attack, which I expect to be considerably better than it was last year. And on that topic maybe aj brown is worth the high pick but if Corey davis can provide flex value flex i think he'd be i think he could end up being a guy who who you stick in the flex when you have a good matchup and you need it like i don't know if he's gonna be an every week starter that that seems far-fetched based on what he's done throughout his career but i mean if he has a thousand yards this year for the first time in his career and like something like six to eight touchdowns he's going to be a good fantasy producer and i think people are really overlooking him because he was so absent last year even after Tannehill emerged well jg talked about the value in those two different podcasts on ag brown and then you have rob over here talking about you know, him being a high upside wide receiver too. Well, he's being drafted as a wide receiver one. He is the 10th overall um, wide receiver being drafted at 20, uh, out of all the wide receivers. He's wide receiver 10, and he's the 29th overall player. First, when's the last time that we've had two top 30 fantasy players, <laughs> I feel like, overall? I mean, Derrick yep. Henry and A.J. Brown. Maybe Chris Johnson and Lundale White when they were both yeah. getting playing time. Definitely but, not a wide receiver position, though. No, no way. And no. then, so I'm looking at it, and I'm, then I see down here Corey Davis is going at wide receiver 69 and going around in the 14th nice. round. And I'm looking at that value, and I'm like, I think that Corey Davis is the better value. Does that mean that he's going to have the better stats and everything? No, but sometimes you got to look at value and – you know, A.J. Brown at wide receiver 10 is blowing my mind. When I saw that just a few minutes before we started recording, that and Daniel Jones going higher than Ryan Tannehill were the two, my two biggest takeaways because I am kind of surprised that the fantasy world is really high on A.J. Brown at wide receiver 10 and putting him right there, right outside the second round. 
That's, yeah, so, that's crazy. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but that's just it's my mind cannot compute that the Titans have a wide receiver that's going that high. And it would be a little scary, I think, to depend on AJ Brown to be your wide receiver one. I think, and unless you had a really, really great wide receiver two, like someone who's, I mean, if like Cortland, Cortland Sutton was your wide receiver two, and that those were your two best wide receivers, then maybe it's fine. But maybe it works out. But you're not going to know that when you draft ex- AJ. Exactly. Brown. Exactly. They got so, a bit of press there. Question, like who, who, so this is just looking at the ADPs, the guys going right after A.J. Brown at wide receiver. Would you rather have A.J. or Keenan Allen this year? A.J. A.J. AJ. Tyler Lockett. I'd rather have Tyler Lockett. Uh, yeah, I would too. I think so too. Tyler Debo Lockett Samuel, and Russell Wilson. Oh, he's hurt now. He's oh, hurt. I would definitely yeah. take A.J. Brown over Debo. Yeah, yeah he's sure. injured. I don't, this is probably <laughs> not updated yet. Um, Calvin Ridley. I'm definitely oh, taking A.J. Brown. A.J. Yeah. D.J. So Chark. A.J. A.J. Robert Woods. AJ. AJ. I love Robert just, Woods, but. This is the subject on this pod. Hold on now. Yeah, Robert Woods is, you know, he's like a nine. He's your nine point guy. He's like Mr. Consistency. You can guarantee him. Yep. But I, at that point. He's a perfect wide receiver, too, for that. Yeah. Because he's never going to have a bad game. He's going to have a lot of little, those normal, average, solid games. And then he's going to, every once in a while, have a great game. AJ Green, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson. I think there's a reason AJ Brown is wide receiver 10. Now, does that mean I'm comfortable drafting him that high? No, I'm probably going to a different position if these are my options, right? But I don't know. I mean, he probably will be drafted that high by somebody. So if you're if you're if you're wanting to target him, you probably need to take a bit of a risk just to avoid again, if you're wanting him to avoid someone else scooping him up because I think some of that hype, some of those things, but what worries me about him is if those big explosive plays aren't there as much, I don't think he's going to get the reception volume that's going to make him a, a wide receiver one. Now, if those explosive plays, I see, you know, week three or four, he's still ripping off at least, you know, 50 plus yarder once per, per game, like it seemed like he was doing all, all every game last season, then yeah, I'm going to roll with him. But again, on draft day, you don't know if that's going to happen. So I don't think Juju's the one thing going- Sorry, Juju's going two rounds later, and I mean, Juju had a down year last year, but look at the quarterbacks he had to play with. If Roethlisberger stays healthy for that two-round discount, I think I'd rather have well, Juju. Well, it's, it's not just Roethlisberger. You know, obviously that's going to help, but Juju, Juju had a pretty good cover system for him being in the wide receiver two. Now he's wide receiver one. Still some yeah. questions to see there. So, in, in Roethlisberger's declining. So, I mean, I can I can see why people are sleeping a little bit on Juju. I, I personally think Juju's a good receiver. I think he's a good wide receiver, too. I don't think he's a good wide receiver, one. So I think that he's got to have a guy that takes some pressure off of him. But okay, again, here's my advice on A.J. Brown. He's going to have a slow start to the season. But by the time the fantasy playoffs roll around, he plays some really bad pass defenses. I think that probably heading into probably after the week four, week five game, by A.J. Brown, because I think there will be a slow start to his fantasy production. So someone that drafted him way too high could probably get him because heading in week four is the Steelers, week five is the Bills. And so then you got the Texans and the Bengals, Texans by then Bengals. So I think you're going to want to get him before that Texans game if he has a slow start to the season. Now it's a dangerous game looking at schedules this early Yep. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, this is defensive efficiency by sharp football stats. So this is a lot okay. better than those fantasy bros. Yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing you have to think about with that is if somebody does draft him high and he has a slow start, that person's going to be more willing to get rid of The higher they drafted him, the more willing they are to get rid of him because <laughs> they're going to be pissed. So the one name we did mention from the receiver, from the starters of the big names, Adam Humphreys, I don't think any one of us is looking for anything. To me, he's kind of prove it to me first. 
definitely. You know, prove it more than four catches or whatever it was. It seemed like he only had. I mean, I know he was hurt, but again, I got to I got to see if he's worth the uh, money he's being paid before I take any, any chances if on him. You're in he's a going deep undrafted. League. Don't draft him. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, all... just pick him up later. If you're in a deep league that starts four receivers, <laughs> well, I I think you know there's on other teams that are a little more pass happy <laughs> throughout the league, but. Yeah. One and I got a, I got a confession on this next guy we're going to talk about because I think that I might have been the biggest naysayer for this gentleman just because of all the the comparisons that he some people were trying to draw to Delaney Walker. I didn't see them. I didn't think he was the best. I didn't think he was a great blocker. I didn't think he that he ran great routes early on. I thought he was athletic. I knew that. I just didn't think that he could be on the field enough to really contribute as a tight end one. But I got to tell you, I am so happy I'm wrong. Jonu Smith, I think is on the verge of a breakout season and could be a stud for this Titans offense. Yep. Yeah, I'm all in on Jonu. I mean, he, first off, you stream tight ends anyway, right? And he's going in the 13th round. I'm not drafting a tight end at all until that round anyway. I'll gladly take Jonu in the 13th round. I'm fully with you. I think Jonu's due to break out. With Tannehill starting all 16 games, hopefully. With Jonu starting all 16 games, hopefully. There's no Delaney. Like, Delaney Walker played a lot more last year than I think people even remember. Like, Delaney Walker played with Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> like, he didn't get hurt that early in the year. So, yep. I think that, uh, yeah, Jonu is, like you just said, Zach, somebody you can wait. I mean, tight end is a position I like to wait on anyway, unless you end up in the fourth round and Travis. nobody's drafted Travis Kelsey yet, which is very rare. Um, so if something like that happens, then obviously you're, this is a different situation. But if you can get Johnny, I mean, if you're looking to pick a tight end late and hoping that they can make the jump the way like a Mark Andrews did last year, I think Johnny is one of the best candidates in the NFL for that. And maybe a little biased, but I, I mean, look at the looking at the efficiency stats and the advanced stats about how his ability to yards after catch at the tight end position, broken tackles per reception. I mean, this guy's just a playmaker. He just needs to get the ball more. And if he does, you know look out what do you think he ranked last year uh in ppr leagues as far as tight ends go what what number tight end do you think he was 24th 14th 17th ryan was closest he was so he was 20th (laughs) and that's i mean you're looking at tight end ones you're looking through one through 12 there's a very low bar to be a tight end one and with a healthy off season and you know increased reps with Tannehill, i I would imagine he's going to be a fringe tight end one type guy. That's a great point about the healthy offseason because I think we overlook that he was coming off a torn ACL before 2019. And he didn't really look slow. I mean, a lot of times you see guys like the fastest guy on the field sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, those insane catches he had in the Oakland game Mm -hmm. back of the end zone and the Baltimore game in the back of the end zone. Like, use him as a running back. Use him as a running back. Those, all that stuff happened pretty late in the year. So, you know, the Oakland catch was week yep. 14. The huge running play was against the Saints week 16. The Obviously, the Ravens catch was in the divisional round of the playoffs. So, like, those things happening so late in the year, those are huge plays that really earn trust, not just of the quarterback to throw it up to him, knowing that he can come down with a big ball, but of Art Smith to know that he needs to call maybe a couple more plays per, per game just to get the ball in Johnny's hands. So we didn't get to see the offense, like, Obviously, they wanted Johnny to be good, and they hoped that Robinson's evaluation would be good, and they see the player in practice every day, but they don't really know how good he can be. So now that they have a full offseason, seeing what, you know, those peak, the peaks that he played at, 
trying to get those to be the normal level of play he plays at all the time. I think that the offense could have more plays for Janu because of what he did at the end of the year. Like, I just think the breakout season is on the way. Yeah, and if, don't want to say anything, but everything does happen. Anthony Ferkser actually did average more yards per catch last year, uh, albeit not the, the high volume, but he had, I think, uh, twenty or 14 receptions. 14 receptions for 204 yards, 14.6. I'm just saying, Berkshire seems to make explosive plays, so if something happens with Johnny, might be someone you stream, especially if, if everybody else is taken. You know how that can be late in the fantasy season. And did mm-hmm. did anybody mention that Johnny's been down there with Tannehill all offseason? No, we did, did not, but thank you. Yeah, you, I kind of blacked out. I was reading some other stuff, but... Uh, John who um, has been down there with Ryan Tannehill all offseason during the coronavirus, catching passes from the QB COVID, catching passes. two or three times a week, two or three days a week. And you're talking about building chemistry. Those two are going to be so in sync, it's scary. And I don't know if anybody's seen shirtless John who lately, but he is he's looking, Monster. looking thick. Three C's yeah. at so least. Are you, are you predicting an, a new uh, Ronk and, and Brady relationship? I I think you could rely on Janu to be your tight end one every week, and so much so that I think that if you were in the bye week, I wouldn't drop him to pick up, to pick up another tight end. I actually would oh, stream Janu because I'm normally a streamer. Every little week, I'll throw. First off, I'm in very few now. I'm in very few tight end mandatory leagues anyway. But if you're in a tight end mandatory league, he's someone that if you're stream you're used to streaming, do not drop him. So I don't like my my Brady Gronk analysis. So let me start over and say Trent Green and and uh, Tony Gonzalez. Oh, I like that. That'd be good. Wow, <laughs> Tannehill's better than Trent Green. Yeah, but I think that uh, John Johnny's Smith being more athletic. Of- it's- Famed tight end Tony. <laughs> no, no, no. But he's closer to Tony Gonzalez than he is to what Gronk is. I'd rather have uh, Johnu than Gronk in fantasy this year. I mean, I'm going to oh, try to drop yeah. Johnu in yeah. every single league I'm in. That's going to be one of my yeah. main targets. Yeah, Johnu over OJ Howard. Yeah, I would take Johnu almost over every t- uh, Tampa Let's Bay tight end. Well, Tampa Bay yeah. for sure. Let's look at the tight ends in general, though. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, probably long gone before you even have a chance to think about Johnny, right? I would take Johnny over Evan Ingram. Ooh, I probably I would too, but... I don't know about that one. Well, I mean, if you're considering the value in terms of like one, what round, like do a, in a vacuum, would I trade yeah. Johnny for Evan Ingram? Maybe, but... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I think quarterbacks also come into play for me. So, like, when I'm thinking of value, I'm also thinking about it's not just John who's value, it's the value of the quarterback, and True. Daniel Jones is, sucks. So, where's Evan Ingram being drafted? Looks like sixth round, seventh pick, 69 average overall, nice. Um, I mean, sixth round for Evan Ingram or 13th round for John Smith, like, that's yeah. a no-brainer to me. Yeah, but no just from a purely ranking standpoint, like... I mean, I'm just looking at the tight end list here, and like all these guys freaking suck. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I like Johnu over Higby. I like him over Hooper in Cleveland. That's a gross situation. Uh, like him over Gronk. Probably like him over Gasecki. There's a lot like, of guys that I like Johnu more than. That what about Darren Waller? Much higher. No, I like Waller better. Waller's a one-hit wonder. Who, if his quarterback gets benched and he has a different rapport with another guy, I mean, there's, He's there's got a lot enough, that could go it, wrong. Sure. In Oakland, the backup likes tight ends too. So he does. He does. A sensitive subject for Titans. Would you take him over Jared Cook? 
absolutely. What team does Jared Cook even play for? New Orleans? <laughs> the Saints. I think I'd take Cook over him. I'm saying that that's a situation where I'm. That's a situation where just to steal from what y'all just said, I'm thinking about the quarterback situation. Well, yeah, yeah. And but the passing Jared, volume was Jared Cook even that general. good last year? Jared oh. Cook was tight end seven last year. Yeah, but what is but like tight end seven when you're? He had seven hundred five. So he had one hundred and sixty-seven points. So he averaged twelve points a game. So that's not. Bad he also missed PPR. one, two, three. He also missed a couple games. Yeah, so yeah. reevaluate some Jared Cook. He was, he was also a re- really slow starter. His first four games, he had a total of 15 points, and then he had 14 points in week five, and he didn't go under double digits again until week 15. So Really, the good. thing with Jared Cook is you need to tell everyone in your league how great he is and how this is going to be his breakout season, and then let <laughs> them overdraft him. So you now, that only works uh, when you take the risk on Jared Cook, personally. <laughs> I've been burned. <laughs> I've never oh. taken the risk on Jared Cook. I have. Speaking of things you oh, hope you burn. Uh, <laughs> but that's Jack, what I always do. I take a tight end late and hope that they end up being good. And sometimes they're Mark Andrews and sometimes they're Jared Cook. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and you stream tight ends. So speaking just real quick to round everything out, um, I stream defenses like there's no tomorrow. That and kickers. I, I don't I don't even draft a kicker on draft day. I don't either. Plug, plug and play. I'm not I don't dignify it. I, I take it as let me evaluate this final guy, my my Mr. Irrelevant for, for a week before I have to make a decision after draft day. But I'm kind of the same about defenses there has been times during certain seasons over the past few years though that I have I have gone ahead and selected and ride or die with the Titans defense, depending on their matchup. Is that something you're looking to possibly flex, flex them out? <laughs> wrong, wrong thing, but uh, looking to stream them, I should say, uh, and see what they can do. Or is that, is this one of the defenses you actually draft on draft day? Mm. Yeah, if it, if I'm in the end of the draft and I don't have a yeah. defense and they're still there, I'll, I'll draft them. I mean, defenses in general, I think if you draft a defense before the 14th or 15th, like I can see 14th, if you're in a 16 round draft, I can see 14th. I would prefer to wait till the 15th round because they do this every year. Somebody will write up a study about like valuing the defense's consistency and like how the pre-draft ranks of a defense match up to the final season rankings. And it's always a total crapshoot. And every once in a while, you get one of those incredible defenses that you just know is going to be good. Like the Seahawks were for five years. Patriots last year. The Patriots last year, who I had in every single league, and feel very proud of that fact. Um, <laughs> I mean, when the defense is scoring thirty points a game, like you just can't lose. That. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you, you, what I like to do with defenses is look at the first couple weeks of the season, see what quarterback they're playing, because even just looking at the team they're playing, you never know who's going to suddenly have a good offense or whatever. Um, and then if they're, this is what I did last year, and I got, I got lucky. The Patriots were playing like the Dolphins and the Jets or something in the first two weeks, something like that, and. Uh, so I was like, I'm drafting them because of their week one and two matchups. And um, that worked out really well because they ended up after the first two weeks, I was like, I'm not dropping the Patriots defense. But when it comes to the Titans, the Titans play, the Titans have a kind of a tough opening schedule. Um, and it's the late the game against the Broncos. Too. Yeah. So I mean, start off against the Broncos, then, then Minshew at home, then at Minnesota with Kirk, home with Big Ben, and then home with Josh Allen, who from a fantasy standpoint is a pretty good fan is a very good fantasy quarterback those are Deshaun Watson after that yeah yeah which is not good those aren't awful fantasy matchups for the Titans sitting as we know what based on what we know today but 
they're not like the ones you're targeting <laughs> for the first few weeks of the season. They're not like the Dolphins or the Jets or whatever. So would yeah, I draft I them? Maybe if I haven't had a defense yet and the ones that I really liked are gone and it's a 15th round, like I'll be a homer and take the Titans, sure. But yep. I also think that if Clowney signs, hopefully this isn't outdated by the time this goes, <laughs> but if Clowney signs... going to come up. If Clowney signs in Tennessee, then I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I think they bump Changes up. Changes everything. I think, Greenlaw, let me ask you this real quick before we leave uh, the Titans defense. Do you ever take into account, like, the the offensive mindset of the of the of that defense like for example titans are going to be ball control low scoring games are their goal and that's that factor in it all uh, obviously you don't really want to stream anybody against the chiefs and those kind of things but you're looking at the titans and do you ever consider their offense and how they're going to play a game before while you're making those decisions no i don't think so i mean last year even at the beginning of the season the titans weren't really uh and later as the season went on they're they're offense was more ball control I guess than at the beginning when we weren't controlling the ball at all because the offense was so bad but uh, at the end of the year I really wouldn't really consider that as a as a factor the Titans are going to be one of those a very fringe defense that I'm going to draft until they sign Clowney and then they'll be definitely more on the radar to to pick them up but again it's defense isn't really high on my priority list when I'm drafting so you're talking you know 15th or 16th round I got to, if at all, I'm probably going to stream them at some point and be laughed at when I pick them up and hopefully they give me a good game oh, in a matchup. I, I will say I will stream them. I'll pick them up whenever available against Jacksonville because you know that's going to yes. be a really solid game against them. Jacksonville all and, averages are pretty high there. Yeah, and the the Texans give up quite a few sacks, so them too. Oh, for sure, especially when uh, the best receiver probably in the game was was – jettisoned out of town up there exactly you so see what that offense is going to look like too so I, I agree with both those points well guys that's everything we i think we've covered everything fantasy related for the titans hopefully you the listener has taken some good notes has some things to look forward to for your hometown favorite guys where to expect them and what to expect about in closing remember to be sure and check out all the other podcasts and articles that broadway sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com where there is a limited time special for all access membership that ends on july 26th also check us out on twitter at broadway tn that's gonna do it for now we'll see y'all i can cut that i can send that to you and you can add that wherever you want to judge you to cut it out of the audio please and send me the uh send me the uh the intro thing too the cleaned up one you yeah. have Cleaned up one up. Okay, I sure will. Um, Just the audio doesn't come through as as well as yeah. I think I posted in the chat, but I'll I'll post it again so you can have it. Uh, Sorry, I stumbled over our Twitter handle there. I was I was trying to decide whether to give ours again or to. uh, Just do the Broadway. My my brain flipped on me. So if you want to clean it up, yeah. Do you want to say it again and and I'll just go with the new take. Yeah, sure thing. Let me. uh, How did I start that? I don't have to be here for this, right? No. See ya. Yeah, you do. Well, wait, actually, stay here because uh, if you leave before I stop recording, I'm going to get your audio. Okay. Good. Good. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, take two. Uh, all right, that's all. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> Looper reel. Yep. This is what Thanks. happens to me when I'm like, all right, I know I have unlimited takes, so I'm going to take unlimited takes. <laughs> no, not according to Zach. He's got to go. I'm, I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> I just got to take a dump. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. Remember to be sure and check out all the other podcasts that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com, where, to remind you, there is a limited time special offer for all access membership for $5 a month for life. Take advantage of that while you can. 
Check us out for more on Twitter at Broadway Sports. God damn it. Just started with the check us out part. Check us out on Twitter at Broadway TM. That's going to do it for now. See y'all. Booyah. A Broadway Sports Media Production.